Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. And we're going to read one verse. We're going to read verse number 17. Second Kings chapter six, verse 17. Again, in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, and it reads this. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Amen. 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 The title of this message would be The Chess Player. The Chess Player. Do we have the first picture? Looking at the picture, there's a story told of a young man or a young boy who sit down at the table with his chessboard. And while sitting down at the table with his chessboard, the young boy would wish to entertain a game. So as he sat, someone came up and walked and sat at the table. And then the young boy will ask, from which have you came? The person respond, I've been traveling to and fro. All right, all right. The boy then asks, what is your name? The person will respond, the creator has named me Lucifer. For I, am, I was the shining one. I was the son of the morning and the son of dawn. And so the boy will ask, why do you speak this name within the past tense? He'll respond, because I am no longer known by that name. For me, myself, and one-third of my company, being that we rebel, we fail like lightning. So I'm, not only, I'm no longer the shining one, but I am now the dark one. The boy responded, I heard of you, the, 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 the dark one, the devil himself. He said, yes, I am known as Satan, who is the opposer. I'm also known as the devil, who is the accuser. I am known as the evil one, who is the tempter. And I'm also known as the prince of darkness, who is the blinder. The boy would then respond, well, you do not look like the devil. The man would respond, well, even the devil himself can transform himself into an angel of light. The boy then respond, thou dark one, why are you here? He'll respond that I'm here to play the game. I'm here to play you in a chess match for your very soul. The boy being overly confident and overly arrogant within his abilities, he agreed to play the game. But as he began to trade pieces with the devil, 
He quickly began to realize that he, is, he was ignorant of the devil's devices, and that he was clearly outmatched. He found himself in over his head as the devil would take peace after peace. All of a sudden, he seen that the game was close to the end, and he is surrounded by the opponent's pieces, and he sees that his chances for winning is slim to none. It appears very hopeless. So the boy bowed his head with much regret. He said, I should have never have played a game with the devil. Can we go to picture number two? Within the game of chess, there are only two sides. There are only two sides within the game of chess. There is not a third party. There is not a third side. Within the game, you're either on one side or the other. And I want to let you know, church, within life, there is only two sides. It is not the Republican side and the Democrat side. It is not the white side and the black side. It is not the rich side and the poor side. It is only two sides. It is only the Lord side and the world side. And you are either on one side or the other. No matter your education, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your nationality, no matter your social status, you're either on one side or the other. If you notice one thing about the board, one side is of a darker color while the other side is of a lighter color. And don't you know, within these two sides, within the world side and the lower side, one is characterized by a lighter color while one, uh, the other is characterized by a darker color. Sure, truly the world is characterized as being a dark world, but yet there is a light spoken of in scripture, that this light pierced through darkness, and that darkness comprehended it not, because the light does not mix with darkness. However, we were all once in darkness. We were all once in darkness, but God has reached into the darkness. And he took us out of darkness, and he put us in his marvelous light. And we thank God for the great things that he has done. But one thing about it, when you look at the chessboard, you clearly know which piece, each piece, which side which piece is on. You don't have to struggle to see which side each piece is on. Don't you know, when I went to the game on Friday, I didn't have to struggle to see which player, which team was on. Because they all, they jersey had a color. And the team, if you was on that team, you had that jersey on. And so that jersey distinguished you from the opponent team. So I clearly knew what team the player I was rooting for was on. I can tell by the jersey he wore. But don't you know within life, being that we Christians, do the world know which side we are on? 
or is they rather struggling hard to find the difference? You know, uh, 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 you know, you know, within Elijah's day, within Elijah's day, they struggle to know the difference because you had the Israel who wanted to be on both sides. They want to serve the God of Baal, but they also want to serve the God of Jehovah. So they want to have one foot over here and one foot over there. So they want to be on both sides. But if you look at the board, you cannot stand on both sides. You're either on one side or the other. So the Lord would tell them through uh, the prophet Elijah, how long would you struggle between two opinions? If Baal be God, then serve him. But if the Lord be God, then serve him. But I'm not going to let y'all just stand upon the fence. Have you ever struggled with someone with indecisiveness? You probably want to get into a relationship and one day they're over here and one day over here. Well, let me give you some advice. Tell them how long would you struggle between two opinions? Either you want to be in or you want to be out. I, I drink tea. I like drinking tea, but I don't like drinking room temperature tea. I will not drink tea at room temperature. Don't you know I like drinking cold tea? And I like drinking hot tea. But don't give me no room temperature tea. In other words, it has to choose a side. And I'm here to tell you, church, we can't be standing up against the fence. It comes a time when the, you know, when the world is going another direction. We, we as a church truly need to choose a side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are we as a church at Laodicea in Revelations uh, 3 verse 16? Who, 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 who would not choose a side? He said, you're neither hot nor cold. You're neither hot nor cold, but you're, but you, but you're lukewarm. In other words, you're, you're, you're a mixture. You know, you have some cold and, and you have some hot and, and, and now you're, you're lukewarm. And the Lord is saying, I'm not going to let y'all be lukewarm. Y'all going to have to choose which side y'all want to stand on. So church, sometimes you got to choose. It's either you want to be on this side or that side. And there is a space in between. But not only that, in the game of chess, within the game of chess, we see that there is a strategist behind the scene. When we're looking at the chess pieces, we are all, we are all pieces on the board. You know, and no matter what piece you are, it's about whose hands you're in, but I'm going to get there. But there is a hand behind the scene, and there is a strategist who's moving the pieces. Don't you know when we're on the Lord's side, don't you know he's behind the scene and he's moving the pieces. He's orchestrating it and God is a God of purpose. That means on the chessboard, he got you right where he wants you. There is a purpose and there is a plan behind it. But for the chess pieces on the chessboard, they do not move themselves, but they remain still. They remain still. And church, sometimes you need to know when to be still. Don't move yourself. Because it's not your job to move yourself. Because if the truth be told, you don't know what direction to go. You wait for the Lord to move you. 
You wait for the hand of the Lord to come and move you. Um, Ezekiel will say two things. He, the first major thing he'll say is that the word of the Lord came unto me. The second thing is he will say is that the hand of the Lord was upon me. Now, what is the difference? When he says the word of the Lord came unto him, he's talking about revelation. In other words, the Lord sent the word unto him. But when he says the hand of the Lord came upon him, he's talking about destination. That means the Lord picked me up and, 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 and he moved me. When he was in the valley of the dry bones, Ezekiel 37, he said the hand of the Lord was upon me and he, he took me up and he, he set me with, within a, a valley. And so therefore the Lord put him there. And I said, some people say, well, I don't know why I'm in this. this. He could have said, I don't know why I'm in this valley. Things is, things is messed up. And it's not, you don't know where God, who said that the God going to put you on top of the mountain? Sometimes we got a pre-notion of what type of ministry the Lord is going to put us in. The Lord going to give me a mega church. You don't know where the Lord going to put you. He, he put him in the middle of a valley. And, it, and, and things was messed up before he got there. Sometimes we like to blame the pastor. Sometimes we ask the pastor and say, hold up. Things was messed up long before I got here. The Lord, sometimes the Lord will put you in the middle of a mess. But you don't know the strategy behind the move. A chess master thinks probably six moves ahead. And if a chess master can think that far ahead, how far ahead does God think ahead? You're looking at it from the present, but the Lord sees the move, and he orchestrated it. And later down the road, we'll understand it by and by. But on the chessboard, there is also an opposition. And I want to tell you, church, within life, there is also an opposition. And truly, we do live in the dark world. However, the pieces on the dark opposition, they're really not your opponent. I want to tell you, a true opponent is a strategist behind those pieces. And I'm here to tell you that the devil is working behind those pieces. So therefore, when someone says something to get on your nerves, don't get mad at the piece. Just know it's a strategist behind the piece. Don't wrestle with the piece. Know that it's a strategist that's moving the pieces. Therefore, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If it's one enemy you have, it is not the pieces, but it's a, it is rather the devil. One thing about chess, every piece is accompanied with the move. The, 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 the pawns, they go, the first move, they go two spaces ahead. <coughs> and after that, they only go one ahead. And to, to take out a piece, it's one move diagonal. The rooks, they only go straight forward and diagonal. The queen, she has the greatest versatility. She can do everything except for the L shape, which was the rook make. They all have set moves. And in order to play the game, the strategy may change but the moves do not. Right. And I'm here to tell you, when you're fighting against the devil, yes, when you fight against the devil, his strategy may change, but his moves don't. If you want to fight against the devil, yes, 
Just learn his moves. I'm about to teach them to you real quick. The devil have three good moves. First John 2.16, all that's within the world, the lust of the flesh, move one. The lust of the eye, move two. And the pride of life, move three. Those are the only three moves he got. He's been using them ever since the Garden of Eden. For the woman, Genesis 3.6, she saw that the tree, she saw that it was good for food, lust of the flesh, and it was pleasing into the eye, the lust of the eye. And it was able to make one wise, the pride of life. Those same three moves been used over and over again. So church, if you can guard yourself against these three moves, you'll be able to withstand every temptation of the devil. Now I play chess, I play chess, but within my hands, the, the, the chess pieces, they're good to average. They're good to average within my hands because the pieces are the same. No matter who plays, the pieces remain the same. Within my hand, they're good to average. But if you take the same pieces and put them within a chess master's hands, those same pieces are good to great. So, so, so it's not about the pieces, but it's about whose hands I mean, I can be a pawn, but I'd rather be a pawn than to be the devil. I'd rather be the Lord's pawn than to be the devil's knight. Because even within a pawn, within the Lord's hand, can yet still win the game. So long as I'm in his hand. Church, don't you know, I, I did something I've never done before. I, I, I went golfing. I went golfing. I went golfing, and this is my first time golfing, and I got my clubs, and I got my putt, and Reverend Bird, I'm ready. So I take my putt, I'm left-handed, so I had to get the right club. I take my putt, there we go, and, uh, and something, something was wrong. I looked down, and that ball was, Still there. So I tried again, and I just couldn't hit the ball. I can go throw the, down a golf club. I can go in my bag, get another, get another golf club. I can say the problem is with the golf club. But the problem was not with the golf club. The problem with, with whose hands they were in. But I tell you, if you take the same golf club, the same exact golf club, and put it in a golf master's hands, that golf master can do some wonders, some amazing things with that golf club. Not only that, the jawbone of a donkey wasn't nothing special, but if you put it in Samson's hands, it can do major things. You know, an ox gal was nothing special, but if you put it in Ehu's hands, he killed 600 Philistines. To a small fish and two, five loaves of bread is nothing much, but when you put it in the master hand, he can feed a multitude. 
you know, um, there's an insurance company, it's called Allstate, and their slogan is, are you in good hands? Are you in good hands? And the message they are conveying is that, you know, when you're in a collision, being that you're Allstate insured, you in good hands. That means that no matter what the repairs need to be done, they can fix the repairs. And don't you know in a similar matter, because sometimes, have your life ever took a wreck? Come on, boy. Yes, sir. Ha have your life ever got total? Yes, sir. I'm not talking about a small wreck. I'm talking about a total. Yes, sir. In other words, it seemed that it was just over. But don't you know, because you're in Christ, yes, sir. I want to let you know, church, you're in good hands. Yes, Don't you know that Jesus can take the collisions within your life and he yes, can make the repairs? Yes, he can take a total bank account and make the repairs. Yes, he can take a front-on collision heartbreak yes, and he can make the repairs. Yes, Someone say, I got a backside. And don't you know he can take that rear-end bumper and fix it up? And it look to put fresh yes, paint on it. Yes, you see, I can look at my hands, and they look new. And I, I looked at my feet, and, and they look new too. He, he, he can make the repairs. Don't, don't, don't you know Jesus would say on the cross, his seventh word, he'll say, into thine hands I commit my spirit. In other words, I'm committing my, my, my spirit in the Lord's hands. Yes, sir. And one thing I noticed that when I put it in his hands, yes, it's out of mine. Yes, so, some of us may be wearing today, but it don't need to worry. I'm going to tell you what you do, no matter what it is. You take it, the situation, and you put it in the master's hands. And for I am persuaded that I know in whom I have believed. Yes, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that, yes, which I have committed unto him. Yes, so whatever it is, give it to Jesus. Yes, within the narrative, within the narrative, you know, the king, verse 8, verse 8 within this narrative, king of Syria, he does not know how the, uh, the, 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 the Israeli king anticipates his every move. Within the strategy, this is war, similar to on a chess match, this is war, but every time the king makes a move, there's a perfect counter move. The, the, the king knows his every move, and he makes a perfect counter move for every move that the, that the Syrian king throws. So the Syrian king... In verse um, 11, he believes that a spy is within his midst. He said, which one of us, he's talking to his board, because there's no way that this king can know my every move. He said, which one of us is for the king of Israel? In verse 12, they said, none. They said, nobody. He said, but the prophet Elijah, the prophet Elijah, he tells the king of Israel what you speak in your bedchamber. In other words, this was nothing but the spirit that rested on Elijah. Yes, and don't you know, when it's a man of God, don't you know the Lord can let them know your personal business? Have you ever heard a sermon? Yes, and it seemed like the preacher just talking to you? Yes, 
It just seems so direct. And Reverend Bird, when we don't like it, we get mad at the preacher. We say he picking on me. He, he, he aiming towards me. You know, I tell people I don't even know you. I don't know you. I'm not, look, if one thing I'm thinking about, I'm trying to think about not to get up here and forget my sermon. That, that's my only word. I don't got time to think about you. My, my, my plate is full. But if something came down your way, don't, don't, don't get mad at the prophet. It's nothing but the spirit of God. If you don't like some mail in your mailbox, don't get mad at the mailman. You got to go back who sent you that bill. You better call that collection company. But don't get mad at me for just delivering the mail. I'm just a messenger. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so he, he, he says, neither. For the prophet Elijah, he, he's telling the king everything you're going to do. So that's how he's perfectly countering you. So the king of Syria, he has a solution for this problem. In verse 14, he said, I'm going to take care of this prophet. I'm going to take care of this prophet. But I'm telling you, church, you better be careful when you start touching the man of God. Not only, you need to also be careful before you start touching God's children. Be careful you mess with because you're a child of the king. But within the house, I'm talking to Christians now, be careful before you start putting your, your mouth on a man of God. You know, because the Lord says, touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. When God has put his hand on somebody, it's not if I like them or not. I got to respect that position. There's a shepherd in this house. And even if you disagree with something, you got to respect the one of God who, who God has anointed to do the job. Because when God has put somebody somewhere, it's nothing you can do to move. The, the Bible um, characterized them as the stars of the churches. And don't you know what a star, you can't move no star. You know, you'll be gone and he'll still be here. Because God has place him here. When God does it, politics can't undo it. You can't undo what God has done. And for sure, you can't curse what God has blessed. But so yet, he tries to go after the prophet. And don't you know, he moves one of his most powerful pieces on the board. You know, within chess, the most powerful piece on the board is a queen. And when the queen is moved, we know that a great strategy is at place. Now, the king of Syria, he says, I'm going all out. I'm going to eliminate this prophet. I found out where he lived. I found out his address. And I'm taking all my horses and my chariots. Now, this is serious stuff. To make this practical, practical within today's time, this is like tanks. You know, this is like, this is more than foot soldiers. When they're talking about horses and chariots, this is serious business. So he threw the, he's throwing the best he had at him. And don't you know how the devil ever threw the best he had at you? <laughs> how the devil ever tried to hit you with the best he had? The devil throwing his most powerful pieces, most powerful piece on the board that you throwing the best he had. But in verse 15, the servant awakes. And have you ever just awoken to trouble? 
You walking up, you aiming out the bed. You, I can see him just rubbing his eyes, probably drinking his coffee, look out the window, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> have you ever just woken up to trouble? <laughs> he wakes up, and plus, you don't have to go look for trouble. Trouble will find you. In other words, don't you know, sometimes trouble will be right at your doorstep. And literally, trouble is right at the doorstep. So he nervous. And, and don't be mad. Don't, don't, don't judge him too quick, because some of us will be nervous too. And, and he said, Master, in other words, Elisha, what shall we do? That's like us being in trouble. Like Pastor Venice. <laughs> What shall we do? That's what you do when you're really in trouble. When you're in big trouble, you call pastor. That's the first thing we do. So, so he said, Elijah, what, what shall we do? And have you ever been there? You don't know what to do. Sometimes the Lord needs to exhaust us of our options. You know, you can't run because they got you surrounded. You don't know what to do. He said, Lord, what, what, what shall we do? Verse 16, he says, fear not. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't, don't go, church, don't go by what it looks like. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Things aren't always just as they appear. He said, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they who are against us. If I'm looking out that window, I say, I don't know what he's looking at. He must not see the same thing I see, but, 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 but yeah, don't you know that the, the, the prophet seen something that the servant didn't see? And, and sometimes listen to your pastors. Sometimes, because we think we know it all. Listen to your pastor. They, he just may see something that you don't see. And he, he, he says, they that be for us are more than they who are against us. In other words, the prophet Elijah sees the counter move. He, he sees the horses of chariots, but the, the prophet Elisha see the Lord working behind the scenes. And church, I want to tell you, sometimes God is working behind the scenes. You may see a tragedy within your life, but behind the scenes, God is working. And so in verse, uh, verse 17a, he says, Lord, open up his eyes. Open up his eyes. Now, this servant could see. He could see because he saw the horses of chariots. You know, he saw the steering horses of chariots. But yet, he couldn't see. You know, he, 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 you know, he saw, but yet he couldn't see. And seeing that they do not see. So what we see here is a paradox. He sees... But yet, he don't see. And so truly that biblical paradox we see here that, that, you know, in seeing, Jesus would say this in his day, in seeing, they do not see. So he needs his eyes open. So in verse 17b, the Lord will open up his eyes. Verse 17b, the Lord, the Lord opened up his eyes. And as the Lord opened up his eyes, he saw something he didn't see before. He's seeing horses and chariots of fire round about. In other words, now it's all starting to make sense. As the, de as the Syrian king was coming with his horses and chariots, there is, there is more horses and chariots coming. 
In other words, the Lord set the right counter move. And this is a pattern we see in Scripture. The Lord always have a counter move for everything the devil throws. When the devil chose to uh, bruise uh, the, the, the heel, the Lord sent a counter move by sending a seed to crush the serpent's head. When the devil sent forth his Goliath, the Lord sent a, had a counter move by sending forth his servant David. When the devil sent an oppressive Pharaoh, the Lord had a counter move by sending his servant Moses. When the devil truly comes in as a flood, the Lord has a counter move by lifting up a standard against it. So I just want to let you know, church, whatever you're going through, the Lord has a counter move. Can we go to the next video? Not the video, but the, uh, the next. Um, that's it. <laughs> going back to the store. Going back to the store. Within the 18th, beginning of the 1800s, beginning of that century, a famous artist painted a picture entitled The Chess Player. It was a picture of a young man sitting at the table. And he has chosen to play a game with the devil. And he's in much despair as the game is over. It appears that the game is over. The devil has him in check. And it appears that his chances of winning are close to slim to none. And it appears that he's just one move away from defeat. And he bows his head in despair yes, as the devil begins to grin. Mm. And being that it's a painted picture, this scene is frozen within the sands of time. Uh -huh. So this picture will hang up in the museum year after year, perhaps a good 50 years. And the picture will just hang there with a boy with his head bowed down and with the Satan gloating and grinning over him. As it hung in the museum about 50, probably 70 years later, wow. one day a chess master would go to the museum. Mm -hmm. he, will, he was an international chess master, and he would go to the museum. Mm -hmm. And the picture would captivate him as he would look at the picture. Mm -hmm. And he would continually stare at the picture, the picture entitled the chess player, right. and he's in despair, and the game appears to be over. But not only did the chess master examine the picture, uh -huh. but the chess master examined the board. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as the chess master examined the board, mm -hmm. he would notice something. He would notice that the game was not over. Yes, sir. As he would look at the pieces on the board, he would say, it's not over. Within the sands of time, I know you have your head bowed down, young boy. But I just want to let you know that it's not over. There's a way of escape. Not only is there a way of escape, but I know how to secure his victory. In other words, it may seem like it's over, but you haven't lost yet, boy. You can yet win the game. 
Perhaps in life it appears that your life is over. It appears that the devil have you in check. Well, I just want to let you know that even though the devil may have you in check, you are not yet in checkmate. There is a chess master who has entered the room, and his name is Jesus. And he's examining your board. And I hear him saying, young lady, young boy, it's not over. I see a way for your escape. But this is what I just want to let you know. I just want to let you know, just do what I tell you. Move the pieces where I tell you to move them. Go in the order that I tell you to go. And if you do what I tell you, you'll win. My job is not to move myself. I'm still. But when the Lord says move, take a step right. Take a step right. Take two steps forward. Take two steps forward. Take one step back. Take one step back. Just do what he tell you to do. And sooner or later, you will win. There is a chess match that was played. It was played with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Mariotti. Yes, sir. If you will, church, take a look at this. Yes, sir. I like Switzerland. They respect the man's privacy here, particularly if he has a fortune. Bishop takes night check. The game is over. You should get that shoulder looked at. About that fortune of yours, I believe it's just been substantially reduced. King de Rook II, I attended several of your lectures. The equations of motion, which you will find in my book, the energy that is required to release this explosion is It was in actually Oslo when I first caught a glimpse of your little notebook, red leather bag. Rook to bishop four. Okay. Rook takes rook. Pawn takes rook. Does the art of domestic... I guess I'll just finish... ...think me to collect the flowers in his own window box. Let me explain what happens. They're both standing. They start off playing the game with their hands. But as the game go on, they both cease to move the pieces and they play the game within their mind. All right. In other words, what you seen them calling out, they was calling out the chess pieces into the, posi the position where it belongs. And so Dr. Mariotti returned and he will call the other piece to where it belongs. And then Sherlock Holmes will come back and call that piece where it belongs. He'll say rook takes rook. But it's all in their mind. They're not even looking at the board. 
And so the pieces remain still, but the game is yet being played. At the end, Sherlock Holmes said, checkmate. But wait a minute, Dr. Moriarty at the beginning of the video said the game is over. And church, I want to let you know that the game is not over. And no matter what it is, it's not over until God says it's over. So Sherlock Holmes calls checkmate. But yet, if you were to come and look at the board, you would think that the game is still going on. But the game is over. And don't you know that God speaks in eternity? And I want to let you know that he already finished the game. The pieces may be still within your life, but the good news, the game is over. It may not look like it, but church, the game is over. In other words, being that you're in Christ, you win. Being that you're in Christ, you have the victory. Some say, well, what, when, it, when it looks hard in my life, when it looks like the pieces have me surrounded, he already played out your game. He already called checkmate, and the game is over. Let's give God some praise.